I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Audrey, I can't believe it. We made it here. At the Tech Forge here in so Lawrenceville awesome. with RIDC. It's so great. I can't wait to do this show. Like we are I li- love doing the show in this space. We are literally in a building that's being constructed right now. I think it's just so much fun. We're literally seeing Pittsburgh's tech industry growing around us right now. Uh, with the with the president and CEO of RIDC. Absolutely, man. We have Don Smith with us today. Don, thanks for stopping by. Well, welcome to the Tech Forge. Yeah, thanks man. This is so exciting. I mean, this is a building purposefully made for robotics companies. It is. Uh, you know, it's really uh, interesting. Lawrenceville has uh, become the epicenter of robotics in, in Pittsburgh and really in the country. Um, and it all started with NREC, just down the street from here, the National Robotics Engineering Consortium. Uh, and RADC is happy to be able to play a little bit of a part in supporting that with the Chocolate Factory and some of those early startups, with uh, the Heppenstall Mill Building, which yep. Carnegie Robotics is in now. This is like the next jewel in the crown. Well, talk a little bit, Don, about RADC so people can understand what, the, what your organization does to sort of spawn the next generation of, of brick and mortar. Sure. I don't think a lot of people understand our ADC. Right. I mean, we are a private organization, so we're not a government agency. We don't get any government funding, uh, but we are what not for profit. What fun is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it has its advantages. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so we can move quickly. And uh, we're a private organization, but we have a public mission. So our mission is really to support job creation and tax base enhancement in the region. And because we're a not for profit, we have the ability to take bigger risks and to make some of those long term bets. Uh, and, uh, you know, I view our role as doing the projects where the public benefit is bigger than the private benefit. So we can afford to invest the it. extra money in this site, in this facility, clean up the brownfield. You can do things that normally wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Right. Well, couldn't be done by a private right. developer. It wouldn't be done by a private developer. There's no incentive to do that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's so exciting that this is a resource that we have here in the Pittsburgh area to but, make but these but things the happen. the vision here yeah. at TechForge, like, dive into that a little bit. Sure. I mean, uh, we've been in Lawrenceville for quite some time, since the 90s, right. when it was decidedly unhot. <laughs> when it was and cold, right? It was definitely <laughs> unhot. unhot. <laughs> I know, even even eight years ago. I mean, I can remember talking about you know some stuff. Oh yeah, we put some of our team over there, over in Lawrenceville. Not anymore. But we always believed in in the vision of Lawrenceville as a technology center. I mean, it's uh, close to the university centers. It's close to downtown, and it's got great fabric. It's got great bones. It's a great community. And so uh, leveraging the NREC investment and CMU's involvement down here, we set about trying to create spaces that would be accommodating to these startup and spin-out companies. Companies like Seagrid, which started in the chocolate factory and then grew. Right. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Red Zone Robotics is still right. in the chocolate factory. Uh, and we have Heavy Robotics just moved in right. recently. And we can start them out in small spaces there and then step them up as they grow 
So they don't have to sign long-term leases and then they have to, you know, pay to get out of it. Right. They can just move to... It gives them the space they need at the time they're at in the evolution of their company and they can they can grow as they grow and you're there with them locked up. Absolutely. And our goal is to be their partner, their real estate partner. Love it. Not just right. their landlord, but to help connect them with great organizations like the Tech Council or mm-hmm. Catalyst Connection or Innovation Works. Definitely. Uh, and to help plug them into the resources they need to be successful. Very, very cool. So, so glad what, when is the space that we're sitting in right now going to be ready? So uh, our listeners can understand what we're sitting in right now. Painting it's a little a fancier than your usual location. It is. It's a little fancier. Um, this uh, The Tech Forge is actually designed as four bays, so it can accommodate up to four separate companies. Uh, the first company to sign was Caterpillar. So Caterpillar's Automation Group, they'll actually be moving in in three weeks. So on the other side of this fancy gravel uh, part of the building that we're sitting in, uh, Caterpillar is preparing to move in in three weeks. That's uh, so exciting. So, so how tall like are these bays? Yeah. Uh, the back part of the bays are uh, start at 18 feet and go up to 21 feet. So it's high base space in the back, so it's purposely designed to accommodate whether they're working on trucks right. or harvesters or cars. They can bring them they in. Can they can fit it in here, lifts. right? Exactly. They can get it in here. Uh, and then the front part of the building is set up as two-story office space. So uh, they have uh, a lot of natural light. They have some really high-tech office space. Uh, and then we have some amenities built into this building that we don't usually build into our industrial Ooh, buildings. Like what? Yeah, what is built in here? Well, the two things I think to highlight most are, one is the, the sustainability and the energy efficiency of this building. Huh. This building will be uh, a little over 30% more f- um, energy efficient than code. So we went above and beyond to create a really mm-hmm. sustainable, right. low-energy footprint on this building. And then uh, we have bike racks outside, and we have the capacity to add showers into all the tenant spaces. And we also have a roof deck. So we have a roof deck that is ah. a green roof, so it, it, it both manages stormwater, but also gives the employees an opportunity to get outside. Yeah. Great view. You can see mm-hmm. downtown. You can see the river. Uh, and you can get some fresh air while you're contemplating the next great innovation in Absolutely. automation or robotics. And best of all, you're just two blocks away from literally you know, from Butler Street. Butler right Street's in the an middle of the, right, right in the middle of Lawrenceville here, where you can literally access everything. Yeah, and I mean, because really, when you think about it, buildings like this are often very remote. They are. They're very remote. You know, you drive somewhere, and there's a series of buildings, and this is sort of blended into the neighborhood. Well, I think we're so bullish on Lawrenceville because of the urbanization of innovation. I mean, so much of the innovation activity now is happening in close proximity right. to the talent, right. which is at the universities and in the cities. And so Lawrenceville is a great, authentic, walkable neighborhood. Uh, it has huge housing explosion. But where are all those people going to work? We're creating the job centers right. Absolutely, where folks man. can walk to work and, and uh, you know, I like create great s- things. I like to say that this is... Probably there's probably no place like this in the U.S. Do you know if I'm Good point. making I bet that you. up, yeah. or do you think that there are places where they've had sort of you know an eruption of uh, you know let's just say robotics and have well, this I think kind in of robotics, I don't think there's any question. Pittsburgh's yeah. at the top of the list. Uh, there are certainly some other places that are pretty good, but not on sort of the neighborhood kind of character and scale that yeah. we have here. You have something an industrial setting like this, like two blocks away from. From, yeah, like, for, for, an amazing restaurant. An amazing, yeah, a restaurant, like, to me, it's just such a cool combination. It's a great combination, and the really great thing is, is when we were planning this building and we had it presented to the community, we had numerous community meetings, and we weren't really sure how old Lawrenceville mm-hmm. was going right. to respond right, to this. Right, right, totally. They have been our most enthusiastic fans. They're so Seriously. appreciative of bringing Yay, the jobs Lawrenceville. back to the neighborhood. 
and so they remember when this was a mill site, and, and they're looking forward to this being another wow. big job site uh, it just becomes, in their neighborhood. It becomes additive to, to the neighborhood and the overall growth, what's happening here in Pittsburgh right. in general as far as it is. It's I mean, really great. Absolutely. I'm just so we've got a couple minutes. Like, So what other properties is RIDC Eldex? I know you have stuff all over the place, from the Almano site to stuff in the north, out we west. Do. We do. Basically, west. you can drive an hour in any direction from Pittsburgh, right, and, and, and that's our territory. So we go as far north as Lawrence County. We have a park up in the Shannock. Uh, we go down to Greene County, and then we go east to Indiana County. We have a number of properties throughout there. Uh, the largest, of course, is uh, the RIDC Westmoreland site, the yes. former Sony plant out in Westmoreland County, 2.8 million square feet. You could, have a, you could feet. have a drag race in that <laughs> building. <laughs> it, it is an enormous building. It has over 2 million square feet of roof, wow. so we've learned the hard way. It's okay. expensive to maintain. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Uh, but we have some great companies in there, like DNP and, and Siemens is moving in there now. Uh, but we have everything from that down to, in the city of Pittsburgh, we have the Lawrenceville site. Uh, we have the Almano site, which we're very excited about. We've signed the uh, CMU yep. to be uh, an anchor tenant in that facility with their advanced robotics manufacturing center. Uh, and we're actively talking to other prospects about uh, making it happen there as well. So fantastic. That's why I'm so pumped to I be know. here. I'm so glad that RIDC is working with us on this show and allowing us to interview people right here in the middle in of the neighborhood. In the tech People forge. are in the neighborhood. Absolutely. If you want to learn more about RIDC, just the old website, RIDC.org. www.ridc.org. Just that simple. Awesome. Don Smith, you're making things happen here, man. We're doing our best. That's all I can say. I'm just so pumped to be here. I'm just remind everyone to learn more, more about the Tech Council. I'm going to pghtech.org because our members are what's happening in Pittsburgh's tech sector, and we're just so glad you're spending the evening with us. We're coming back with more action right here from the Tech Forge. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Welcome back, everybody. You are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio, and we are literally on location, Audrey. We are on location. I am telling you, I love it. We, we are literally in the nitty and the gritty of innovation here in Pittsburgh. We are really? at the Tech Forge. Mm -hmm. This place is being forged still. It is being forged. I, I love, love it, what man. I see here, though. I'm loving what I see here. This is the future. It is the future, and we are part of it. And part of our future has been life sciences. And we have Jim Jordan here, leader of the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse. A lot of good stuff going on over there at the Greenhouse. Absolutely. So Glad to have you. Yes. So, Jim, thanks for stopping by the show today. Well, thank you very much. What an appropriate place to celebrate 15 years of building the greenhouse in a place where <laughs> we're literally 15? 15 years. We're yes. literally sitting on rocks for people. We are on rocks, yes. We, we are on location here. I, I just think it's so cool to be part of this, literally at the foundations of it. How about Absolutely. that? At the foundations. So, first off, tell our listeners quickly about the PLSG. Just, just anyone out there doesn't know what the PLSG is. So, the Pittsburgh Life Sciences Greenhouse has been around since 2002. Okay. Its primary goal is is to focus on helping companies commercialize life science startups. And those are and the toughest the startups to, to get going. Some of the toughest startups, but some of the most rewarding in terms of jobs and in terms of giving back to the community, in terms of drugs that solve problems. Absolutely. All the way around. So so 15 years. I, I can't even believe that I had just moved to Pittsburgh. Then. I, I didn't realize that it started just so recent in many ways. So... Tell, you know, let's fast forward 15 years a little bit and talk because you've really been doing some interesting things while you've been at the greenhouse over this short period of time. Mm -hmm. So, talk about what you know what lays ahead. I don't want you to go out 15 years because we know that life in our world is, is really a year or two. Absolutely. So, I think the, the first 15 years was about building to this particular moment in time. And it's, it's ironic that in the past two weeks here we've had a conversation from the Brookings Institute about the opportunity that lies 
years before us here in uh, Pittsburgh to take life sciences to the next level. But over the past 15 years, I think it would surprise people that $168 million went through the greenhouse that, yeah, from the very beginning. Uh, $60 million went from the foundations through the greenhouse to the universities. Um, and that attempt there was to make sure that research matched commercialization resources. And the greenhouse has put out about $107 million over that period of time, and we've invested in 79 companies. We've brought about $1.5 billion. Is it in matching matching money that actually went to invest in companies? Some of it went to invest in companies. Some of it went in bringing executives to the region. So we brought 48 executives to the region, of which 30 is still here. So one of the biggest challenges that we have as a region is we don't have what's called anchor companies. Mm -hmm. And and what's meant by an anchor company is a large company that supplies uh, people, right? They supply strategy. And in the process of doing their business, uh, they just support the entire community. And there's really two ways of of doing that. Uh, One way is through startup companies, and the other way is to get corporations to start partnering with the university and move people to town. And I think in tech, it's been the best example, and you guys Mm -hmm. know better than anyone else uh, how well that served us. And you think of what Carnegie Mellon has done with Uber and with... uh, Disney and with Google in terms of bringing people to town. And and then they end up moving out into our community and building companies. And the big companies fund that movement and build those companies where startups have to go fund their own companies. So I think the next 15 years is saying, how do we change up the mix? How do Mm -hmm. we also have startup companies, but how can we create these these anchor companies? Um, Now, the challenges, the difference between tech companies and life science companies is when the R&D is done, the product is, is gone through its development it's not ready to sell yet. There's a gap. And that gap requires time. Uh, could be one year or seven years. And so the question that you have, if you don't have a lot of large anchor companies here to begin with... You mean to use to use, to use the product right. or to use the well, solution? Well, no, to, to actually uh, work in the development. So think of, of Johnson & Johnson. Mm-hmm. Say they were next to right. the University of Pittsburgh and they were doing a drug development. When the development was done and they moved to clinical trials and all those other things that could take years, those people would just go back at J&J, and they continue on the next project. But if we don't have those companies in town, where where are you going to put those people Mm -hmm. and what are you going to do? And so I think that's probably the problem we're going to be looking at over the next several years. And so if you could imagine a good solution, like if you imagine, what would success look like? So I think the potential for us is if you ask yourself the question, where are strengths that we have and where are there small gaps in commercialization? I look at biotech tools and I look at molecular diagnostics as being those opportunities. And so I think we have a real strength in our universities here, and I think that's going to be the place where we might start. But that's all to come in the next 30 days to 90 days as we Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a journey, but I think it's important for people to understand where, you know, the lessons that we've learned and what we can do to try to close that gap. Now, on the startup side, we're having great success with healthcare, IT, I know, and with pharmaceuticals. I know, I see that, lots right. Of traction, lots of traction right. going there. Lots of traction. And that's due to the monies that went up to the universities over, over a decade ago. Okay. You can actually track, in the first five years of the greenhouse, our investments were almost all, almost all in medical devices. And then we put up that $60 million, and if you step back and say, what did the universities spend it right. on? The terms were different at the time, but right. it would be called precision medicine, pharmaceutical, right. and, and uh, in molecular diagnostics, and we actually, five years later, see those coming out between 2009 and So is that and a natural time frame 
in in your world? Is it a five to seven? Is five to ten, to ten, depending. It's so, a time so, frame. Um, pharmaceuticals closer to to ten to twelve. Medical right. devices seven plus, and healthcare IT can be as short as three to five. Well, I think it's important for the whole community to know about this opportunity, as well as you know, figuring out ways to close the gap. In, and people are very excited and passionate about the work that so many of these companies are working on. I mean, give us some examples of some of the kinds of in- initiatives, research, um, work that you've actually funded across the years. So across the years, we've uh, funded Blue Belt Technology, which I think is one of our great examples right. of when it's done Craig well. Markovitz, Craig Markovitz. Craig right. Markovitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Craig was actually funded by the Greenhouse. We were his, his first investment. Craig actually spent time at the Greenhouse. Over oh, the was years. he? Yes, that's, he did. That's a great story. And, um, you know, he founded the company in, in the fourth quarter of 2003. Um, they got their Series A closed in 2009, of which the Greenhouse actually brought that angel investor to them. And they were able to merge with HealthPoint Capital um, around and, the time of 2000. What did they do? So HealthPoint Capital uh, was necessary to merge because they're an orthopedic company. And what they were able to do is they have, I call it like a CNC lathe on a stick. They mm-hmm. basically have the ability to shape bone. A lathe on a stick. A lathe on a stick. And, and so by shaping bone, what they can do is they can make minimally invasive cuts. And so instead of needing an entire knee replacement, an entire hip replacement, which we know only lasts about 20 years, right. we can make these micro implants. And so the merger with HealthPoint Capital was actually to get more capital to That's be able to story. do that. That's a great story. That's a great story. they got FDA approved in 2012, and they won Frost & Sullivan Design Award in 2015. And they got acquired um, 2016 in Q1 by Smith & Nephew. And the real story here, Anchor Company. In this yeah, trip district, that's the Anchor people. example. Absolutely. And so taking all the people circle. that give back, right? So the founder, Bracco, is, is, is still a Smith and Nephew. Um, you have two young entrepreneurs in town, Adam Simone being one of them, mm-hmm. you know, under 30 years old, came to town for school, right. went to work. He's actually still working in this community and looks to stay in this community. Right. So it's the story of our youth. And then, of course, we have Craig Markovitz that's gone back to Carnegie Mellon right. giving back again, working right. with Dave Malone. That's the closed loop. So, right so thank you so much. Do we have time for any more? Just about We're out of time. Out of time. So if people want to know yeah. more about PLSG, because you've been putting out a blog, you've been updating your website, that you know you've gotten a recent award, and you know there's some match to that, so they would go to uh, new P- greenhouse is going to go up in about two weeks. We're going to have a new website. It'll be www.plsg.com. Go there and check Excellent. it out. Thank you so much, Jim right. Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. We're taking a quick break, but we are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. We are bringing you this show from the Tech Forge that you can hear in Lawrenceville. So excited to be here with RIDC. So much great stuff happening in Pittsburgh. Jim, thanks for stopping by the show today. Thank you. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org and uh, follow us on Twitter at pghtech. This has been Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tech Vibe Radio this Friday night. And, Audrey, we take the show to the streets. We I know. We it. are in the streets there right is, now. There is no place <laughs> we will not go to bring you what is happening in Pittsburgh's technology scene, and especially robotics. And where are we right now? What's the exact address? We are at the Tech Forge in Lawrenceville. It's on 47th Street. 
right near Hatfield Street, right where they kind of intersect, mm-hmm. and they're building space for like Caterpillar here. I, I mean, this happening. is like the future of Pittsburgh, and we are literally in the foundations of it right now, having way too good of a time. So thrilled. And Audrey, we got to guess with us. This is like one of the one of one of the guys. Yeah, he's one of the guys in the pantheon of <laughs> robotics in Pittsburgh. It's true. I'm like, we're an honor. He's made an appearance over the last few years, though. And I sort of like that. And so, who do we have in the house? My name's John Bears, and I'm president and CEO of Carnegie Robotics. So great. And Carnegie Robotics has been around for how long now? Uh, 2010. Right, 2010. We've been doing this for a while, then, huh? So, give us, give us. Let's just reel back a little bit. Just go back to 2010. Tell us about the company. Tell us a little bit about the journey there. So, in in the the decade before 2010 or more, I was director at the National Robotics Engineering Center around the block and around the block, across the street, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think I had a building dream of taking technology to product and uh, uh, seeing seeing what the challenges were associated with that. Uh, I loved I loved the the um, uh, challenge at Carnegie Mellon and, and the people and all of that, but I really wanted to see what it was like to be a a small business taking robotics to product. So, in 2010, launched Carnegie Robotics mm-hmm. and. Uh, Quickly, we uh, uh, found ourselves licensing intellectual property from Carnegie Mellon and turning it into product for the landmine and IED uh, market space for the Army. Uh, that was one of our first areas to touch and has continued to this day and, of course, many other areas. And so, so now, here we are in the, nearing the end of 2017. What are some of the areas that you've actually touched in terms of product? So uh, one that we're very proud of is we started in that uh, winter of, uh, or the, the fall of 2010, we bid on a landmine and ID detection robot, a small robot, uh, uh, that that can uh, detect these very very lethal and, and damaging, uh, specifically IEDs uh, mm. on trails and roadways, wow. and that has gone through a series of of um, awards to now where we're the prime contractor for the for the army. So how many and lives have you saved? Right. This? Yeah. I mean, that's why well, that gets, that's so gets a little ahead. It'll, yeah. it'll turn in, it'll go be fielded in about another 18 months. Okay. These are yeah. the army programs right. very long. Okay. Okay. But what's you. exciting about it is it will be fielded, to my knowledge, it's the first uh, autonomous robot. I was going to ask you that. Right. The first was, one coming from Pittsburgh and right here. So and it's really autonomous exciting. because people use that term loosely. Well, sure. And, and, uh, the way this will work is that the uh, infantryman or, or user of the robot will will uh, get the robot started and then it works by itself for some number of minutes and then it, it uh, uh, will find IEDs and landmines and mark the ground and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so it does, it does definitely operate large chunks of time by itself. Which is really exciting. And how many people are working there uh, in your company? We're about 70 right now. You're 70 right now? Yeah. Wow, and that's really grown over the last couple of years. Right? It has, and a lot of that is standing up a production facility and production capability to be able to build these robots and others at scale, which which has all of the 
production and quality control and compliance and different and things. All that, that production is happening that. here in, in Pittsburgh then? It, it does. The, the assembly and test, of course, the bits and pieces are built all over exactly. the they, world. Exactly. They kind of right. come here together and assemble them together. And then we tend to do the, the final assembly, the quality control, the, the commissioning and that here. So you, you have... Seen, you have been involved in research. You've been involved in ideation. You've been, you've probably seen things that have flubbed and failed. And now you're at something that is 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 really scaling. What have you learned about yourself? You you know you've come out of you know academic research and uh, customers and probably all the annoyances of running a business. What have you learned? Well, learned a lot, right? Because I, I've had I've had three major stopping points in, in my career. First was at the at the CMU Center, as I talked about, uh, where there I, I learned a lot about uh, research and how to move research very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then started Kearney Robotics, and through that journey have learned about what it takes to build robust products and how to run a for-profit company. But, for-profit company that uh, began in startup phase and now, as you said, have have many, many people and intellectual property and things like that. And then uh, recently I took two and a half years and I uh, started Uber's Advanced Technology Center, also in the Strip. So there... Just a minor minor point there. (laughs) It's one of those amazing things that happened in Pittsburgh. And And, and there I learned a lot about scaling. And And scaling, right? It's a huge scale. I can't really talk about no, that that's more today, totally, yeah, but absolutely. there was huge lessons there, so mm-hmm. now I'm in this chapter and uh, bringing some of those and together. And so what about, you know, when I moved here probably a year before um, 2001, to be specific, people used to say to me, you're going to love Pittsburgh, it's Roboburg. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I peeled back a little bit and I saw people doing research of some interesting things. I did, it didn't seem like Roboburg to me. Yeah. Now, fast forward, 2017, it looks, it smells, it acts, it seems a little different. We've seen manifestations of some real autonomous um, product. What is it, how, how have you um, successfully been in attracting people from around the world to come here and work? Or is most of the talent coming out of Carnegie Mellon? No, for sure now there's a lot that's coming to Pittsburgh, which is exciting. Right. That's the first time I've seen that right. in my, my years here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's a combination of, of multiple factors. I think one is that uh, Pittsburgh has this uh, uh, there's an attitude in the robotics community and in the city at large of, of a can-do attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I think of it as sort of the, the gritty roots of Pittsburgh as builders and I think it still persists here is, mm-hmm. is that we can build things and get them to work and, and make them work and show them um, so I think there's a, 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 a thread or a, it's in our DNA mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh to, to build and show what we can do mm-hmm. uh, rather than maybe talk about it but actually Absolutely. To, yeah. to deliver yeah. this is not a puff piece we're talking yeah. about and no. then there's I don't know there's more it's just everything's a little uh, harder in Pittsburgh we have the weather we have the streets we have an older uh, infrastructure we have a uh, 
uh, fewer uh, universities. It's a smaller city. Everything's a little harder, and I think that gives us a little bit a, a shot in the so arm. So that's to, interesting. It's more rugged. So it's more, like right? against all odds. That's it's against some odds, right? Some odds, right? Uh, you know, you take larger cities that have a dozen big universities, and, and, right? You uh, mean like a Boston? Course, yeah, Boston, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Uh, we have we have many. We have right. a couple large ones, but and I just think that there's. Uh, there are a lot of there's less VC money floating around Pittsburgh than mm-hmm. other places. Much so there's less. a string of things that makes it harder here, but I think somehow that that sparks us to work a little harder. So, it, does anything concern you? And looking at it sort of from the macro view, does anything concern you in terms of some of the growth and, and that we've seen across across the region and across the city? Are there things that perhaps we should make sure that we just don't do? Uh, I don't know about don't do. I, I feel that we, I, I would say openly that I think the city's behind in keeping up with the growth. I think to continue to attract the uh, 20 to 30-somethings mm-hmm. who are early in their, you know, maybe not even married, coming mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh, wanting to plant roots, we're behind in, in our infrastructure and in just everything we do for that, and, and it's not a lost race, but we have to keep moving. It is a race. In, right. in, in transportation, bike access, in... Uh, Light uh, rail. Right. Maybe the way that people move around, the things that they can do, uh, everything to our... our I know there's, there's uh, work with our airport and trying to get more direct flights. Right. There's sort of this whole ecosystem that we have to be aware of to attract uh, mm-hmm. uh, this generation of people that are going to come fill these jobs. Or, and I think right now it's a it's a golden moment because the the jobs are being created quickly. There's a lot of jobs here, and now right. Pittsburgh has to move fast to create uh, everything that's needed to keep those people. So we need the and urgency and you know yeah. an amazing park system, an right. amazing bike system that's connected to the park system and better transportation I'm sure there's a long long list that's great uh, we have to get better VC money in the town for right. a lot of these people are coming in for the the big Silicon Valley and other companies and then they're going to spin off and try to do things on their own and mm-hmm. we want to keep them here right. and creep that larger well, keep I, building that larger ecosystem without a doubt well we're going to take a break we're coming right back with more John Bears from yeah, Carnegie Robotics like I said he's in the pantheon of when it comes to books in robotics I love, that. I'm just saying, I love that he is doing some great work and we have so many more questions for him and we are bringing you this show from the Tech Forge here in Lawrenceville with RIDC great partners of ours I'm telling you, without these guys, we can't make the show happen. Go to RIDC.org and check them out. Learn about all the properties they have. And the Tech Forge is coming online right now. And we are literally in the thick of it all, bringing you the show here tonight. So this is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. From the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn about us at PGHtech.org. Go to Twitter at PGHtech. And just uh, keep hanging out with us for another couple minutes because we'll be right back with more about Pittsburgh's robotics industry, especially with Carnegie Robotics. Thanks, everybody, for spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. And that's not just any Tech Vibe Radio. We are doing our Tech Vibe neighborhood tour from Lawrenceville with RIDC at the Tech Forge. Happy to be here. Man, 
every time I come out here, you just see all the activity in Pittsburgh and to be in this new building. Like, literally, this is like we are literally here mm-hmm. in the thick of it. So you hear crazy noises tonight while we're interviewing people, hear some pounding, and that's Pittsburgh being built. That's all I'm saying. It's Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. being real built. Time. Real we're, time. We're here in real time. Real it's time. great. And we are with one of the pioneers in Pittsburgh's robotics industry. We have John yeah, Bears here. Tree. I mean, it's not often, Audrey, we get this kind of FaceTime with a dude like this. That's all I can say. Well, yeah. You know? I I'm mean, just saying. So Thanks for your time. Thanks we're, for hanging out with us. And just real so fast, tell our listeners, in case you came back, tell us about Carnegie Robotics real quick. Just the, 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 the little elevator pitch. I know Audrey wants to talk about all the different things sure, that you guys sure. are into so we're, these a, we're a seven-year-old company. We spun out of Carnegie Mellon. And... Uh, Started started small with a dream and not much, and now we're about 70 people. We focus on components and what's called full-stack uh, autonomy kits for uh, ground vehicles, everything from mili- smallish military vehicles, larger military vehicles, and commercial-side agricultural, uh, industrial maintenance, floor cleaning, things like that. I, well, you know, you're glossing over some of that, but I mean, I, this is what... I totally love about this world. The possibilities are endless. And you've actually got, you know, the the craftings of the beginning of a company that could go in multitude of directions, right? Sure. That's And, and many uh, advisors would say that's a risk, too. It is a risk. You, you oh, know, I... You must focus. Right. So, yeah. so we, are, we are attempting to keep our focus on... Uh, uh, components and these these sets of components that apply to what I would call, say mid scale ground vehicles. Ground being inside buildings, inside or outside. So inside. So, so for give instance, us some juxtapose that yeah. to airborne vehicles or water vehicles. Right. We don't really go there. You're not going there. And there's okay. Others in there Pittsburgh. Off there's there's there. other there. people that are working yeah, on absolutely. that. He's actually very focused. Yeah. Very, He's focused. very focused. Very focused. So some solutions that you know perhaps people who are listening to this are not as sophisticated as you are mm-hmm. in terms of some of these products. Give some examples of how that might ease ease one's life or ease makes one's person safer or so we, we talked a little earlier about uh, finding IEDs and IEDs are uh, the number one uh, I believe the number one killer of our troops and certainly a maimer if that was a word of just the, the terrible uh, destruction that they do and IEDs are, are hard to find they're all different they're uh, they're challenge. It's challenging. So uh, robots are a wonderful application to look for IDs. They're a wonderful device because right. robots can be very, very patient. They can synthesize multiple sensory signals to, to find these these uh, buried threats. So that's something that that uh, we've been in for a while. We're getting close to fielding and very exciting with what it what it can do for good. Uh, then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, a much more routine. Uh, much less dangerous application would be commercial cleaning of floors, like would be in this building right. once we get a floor in this building. Right. Once there will we be get a floor, floor. We're it's coming. On, it's coming. We're sitting many, on gravel right many now. Many buildings but, yeah. like this are, are cleaned multiple times a day, at least once a day. Uh, uh, quality control of cleaning can can be quite erratic, so doing that in robotically is, is a new growth space. There's a lot of companies going after it. We're teamed up with one of the world leaders, uh, building the autonomy kit there, so that's interesting because that has its uh, 
somewhat the opposite of looking for IEDs. It's still right. a great robotic job. You don't need to be perfect. Right. Uh, if a cup of coffee explodes you, on the floor, it's going to find you need it, right? To, <laughs> you can take your time. You get to do it right. multiple times. Uh, and um, there isn't usually a rush to get it done. So it's mm -hmm. an interesting uh, blend and very, mm -hmm. very cost-sensitive uh, mm -hmm. uh, And they're uh, doing jobs that people don't really aspire to do. Sure, and then you can have people controlling a fleet right. of robots, and that's right. coming, and that will be, I'm sure there's many people, you know, listening to this or thinking about this, oh, you know, the, the standard uh, concern of the robot taking, taking away. my yeah. job. Well, I don't think I like don't look that. at it that way. Yeah. I look at, at short -term your, view your job right needs to elevate, right. and either you'll be building the systems, maintaining them, right. uh, being the uh, right. remote interface to them to support them when my scrubbing, cleaning robot uh, has trouble in the middle of the night and it calls somebody for support, right. that person can remotely right. or in person troubleshoot. Right. So Absolutely. Those, right. those, that's the next wave of jobs coming. Mm -hmm. uh, the other is simply in our region is just the, the multitude of jobs being created to develop these technologies and make them into uh, ultimate products. That's a really good point you bring because, I mean, so many companies are popping up now. I mean, you've seen it over the past what, 25, 30 years, just how it has grown as well. What was once research in the lab is now becoming these great companies. So is there enough talent here? And how can we make sure we get more of it? And how do you see it continuing to grow? So it certainly is not enough. I think that, that my guess is, uh, this is uninformed, but my guess is that if you put together all the open, higher higher tech electrical software brand engineer positions in Pittsburgh probably hire 500 today. Wow. Across the that is, I mean, that is wow. a huge number, right? If those people were available and it's only going to grow. Right. So there's multiple challenges. There's on one end, we're going to try to import those people. Right. Uh, the second is we need to keep them because Carnegie Mellon and Pitt graduate and, and other surrounding universities graduate a fair number every year that have some experience in the areas that we're mm -hmm. interested in. And the third is grow them and then keep them. Right. And uh, and I think that that's also also interesting. I think that with the universities and I guess there's a, there's a fourth also which is uh, anything that we could do in the city or the region to make it uh, warmer and more welcoming to foreign nationals because there's a huge amount of talent uh, mm, that's in the a really world good point very much that, so. uh, is is escaping us right they're leaving mm -hmm. our universities and, and going home so if we can find creative ways to, to keep those people and attract them and that's not just visa immigration it's right. also making right. the community warm welcoming to these people to, inclusive to stay. right so that's another uh, are we getting better do you think we're getting better I mean, you get a chance to see a lot of these Day students and, down, right? and people up close. I mean, I do Slowly, too. I, we're, we're nowhere near as as mixed as some other cities, but we're we are certainly slowly moving that okay. way. We're chipping away, we're chipping away. I like yeah. that. So you talked about both ends of the spectrum in terms mm -hmm. of Carnegie Robotics. What what about in the middle? Is there another example of a so in the middle might product? be might be products for for agricultural construction mining oh. equipment mm -hmm. that's somewhat more mundane has been uh, there's been automation uh, partial automation of this equipment for years and uh, there's attempts to get the automation kit smaller and 
uh, more cost-effective, so it can be more far-reaching. But there's been automation in ag and in mining right. for 20 years, or longer in mining. Uh, but those are hard. There's hard challenges there, of course. Uh, be it underground or surface mining, they're just very, very tough environments compared to floor cleaning, for instance. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but there's big uh, opportunities in in uh, quality of product or the speed of the operation. So, 20 years ago, would you have thought this was the journey? 20 years for your ago, work, where you landed right ago. now. So. Um, no, I, I didn't. I, I felt that it's funny. Even those of us close to the business have always thought it's this decade that things are going to explode. Mm-hmm. I remember saying right. that. I heard that when I moved in, in right, the right. 90s. Right. I didn't say this is our decade. Right. This is our decade. I didn't say <laughs> in, the, in the 80s, but in the 90s, we thought this is it. Robo- cameras right. are getting cheap. Memory's getting mm-hmm. cheap. We're going to be able Certainly. to... to uh, robots are going to see their place. And, of course, a few did in the 90s. Then in the 2000, 2010, the first decade of this century, right. oh, my gosh, it's going to blow up and take off. And then finally now I think we've seen it. And, and now we are seeing these mm-hmm. applications mm-hmm. just explode right. in terms of the numbers of uh, robotics companies, Self-driving alone has taken off in its own market sector, but that's right. dragging along many other uh, Industry, uh, industries. Yeah. And I think you are seeing it now, uh, which is which is exciting. Right. So, so, I so we know. had I like fits and starts. We had fits and starts. <laughs> it's like what people yeah. said to me: Pittsburgh's Roboberg, Pittsburgh yeah. Rober. And I was looking around, going, "I'm not really seeing it." Like, I'm seeing that smart was like twenty people. years ago. Well, but like, I'm seeing smart people working on hard problems, right. but I wasn't seeing it in the marketplace. And now we're seeing it in the marketplace, which is so, so exciting. We are talking to John Bears, who's president and CEO of Carnegie Robotics. You can go out on the website, I imagine, and there's good information <laughs> out there about the some of the things that they're yeah. doing. It's amazing. You know. We're here at uh, in Lawrenceville, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at the, the actual bare bones of the future. We can feel it. We can smell it. We can taste it. I personally it am between my toes too. thrilled yeah. <laughs> about just being around this and sure. doing whatever we can to help support your dream and your work mm-hmm. and your vision, because yeah. it takes all of us, as you mentioned, through the course of this interview. Yeah, so... Final question of the night. What would, what would be your one wish for Pittsburgh moving forward in our, our the wow. industry in general as it is right. in Pittsburgh? I, I guess I, I would take the high ground and say that we can continue to create a climate that we attract people to, to come and to stay here. Okay. Uh, of course, I'd like them to work for one of my companies. But <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in general, just come and stay in Pittsburgh, and, and we have to create the, the intellectual challenges for this brand of people, meaning that the companies mm-hmm. and what they're doing have to be exciting or right. universities. Uh, we have to create the the compensation structures to be exciting, oh, yes. the VC so that people right. can start companies and stay. We have to create the family environment, so that's the, the, the schools, the transportation, all of the he other things. He has a lot of wishes. I know, man. I said one. I said one. I want people to come and stay. I know. I we are I very that. thrilled that you took Those the time the with us. Yeah, so, so cool. So, so cool. So we just need more men and women like you to keep doing what you're doing here. Right. It's putting Pittsburgh we'll, on the map. It really is. We will be here to help. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. I just want to thank our hosts our, our tonight, RIDC, allowing us to hang out at the Tech Forge here in Lawrenceville. 
in Pittsburgh, PA. Too much fun here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. This is great. Thank so, you, Carnegie Robotics. Thanks for stopping thank by, John. Probably. Really appreciate it. We'll be uh, seeing you next week on the air because... I always get sad at the end of the I know, show, but there's always more tech vibe radio. I'm I sorry, I, I could be welling up right now, but no, every single Friday night we're bringing you the best that Pittsburgh has to happen, has to offer, not happen. And uh, learn more about us at pghtech.org. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.